listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer, episode 27 on EdReach, Lucas G. and the BBC. This is Ed Gamer for Saturday, October 29, 2011. Ed Gamer is part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. Thank you. Thank you, Lucas. Uh, this show is dedicated to education gaming on any platform. We'll give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. And that was my iPad. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. We'll discuss oh, yeah. how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach, and I am with... My name is Lucas Gillespie, and uh, I'm the Instructional Technology Coordinator for Pender County Schools in North Carolina. And Lucas, I think this is our... Is this our fourth? Fourth or fifth, yeah. Fourth or fifth you've been on, and yeah. uh, my, my friend Jerry is voiceless this morning. He's bronchitis, and he thought he was going to be okay, and then woke up, and he didn't have a voice. So kind of tough to do a podcast when you don't have a voice. I guess I, guess I could do translations of him typing. <laughs> that, that, that Maybe that would work. So my name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth-grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. Well, uh, our title, Lucas G. and the BBC, uh, sounds like an 80s... Uh, you know, pop band. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> I'd love to be in an 80s pop band. 80s music uh, is the best. The hair and the, the clothing. Oh, yeah. It, that's all. It's all about the hair and the clothing. So uh, apologies for last week. Um, we had uh, a family, um, family member, one of my family members pass away, and that's why we were not on last week, and uh, it was kind of tough, uh, but... Uh, it, it's just one of those things that some things are a little bit more important than putting a podcast together. So I think we I think we all understand that, don't you think, Lucas? I absolutely agree. Yep. So now Lucas G and the BBC. So we have Lucas on this week, and then uh, the BBC is pert- pertaining to an article that I posted yesterday about BBC getting rid of one of my favorite games. Uh, not only one of my favorite games to play, but also a favorite of my students that I use in my classroom. So we'll uh, I, we'll delve into that. I think we'll do that second. We'll jump in with Lucas because uh, he's going to give us a little bit of an update on 3D Game Lab through Boise State mm-hmm. and uh, give us a little information, kind of catch us up on what he's been doing. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Things are. Um, uh, thanks for having me here. I'm. I'm starting to feel like a veteran. This is awesome. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Get your love, bad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have swag? I, I really want some swag. Yeah, Writing you know, it like down. Ed, Ed Gamer uh, polo shirt. Yeah. I'm great. <laughs> so yeah, we, we've got a lot of things going on um, here in Pender County Schools. Um, still pushing forward with our, our World of Warcraft project and uh, seeing some neat things there um, with. The 3D game lab stuff is just is just amazing, and um, I I continue to become more and more enamored with the product. It's just it's so cool how the um, how the kids are responding to uh, a gamified um, like learning management system. So uh, we have about half of our quests. I think we're going to end up with somewhere around 150 to 170 quests in the in the um, system before it's all said and done. And um, we'll have um, we currently have about half of those in there, and we're just staying ahead of some of our, our really um, you know motivated, highly motivated students are kind of keeping up um, just ahead of them. 
So they're doing the quest about as fast as we can put them in there. Which so just really kind cool. of a, kind of update some of our, sure. our listeners here. What exactly is 3D Game Lab? And then give an example of one of the quests that you've yeah that you've put together. Sure. So so 3D Game Lab, um, developed by Lisa Dolly and Chris Haskell at Boise State University in Idaho, um, is a it's like a learning management system. So kind of think like Moodle or um, Blackboard or, or WebCT or, or whatever you've, you've maybe uh, had some experience with. But instead of the traditional um, grade-based, um, percentage-based um, point system or, or grading assessment system um, and, and the t- typical things that we think of with education like lessons and all those sorts of things, everything is gamified. So basically it's like a game layer to any kind of curriculum that you want to do. So it doesn't have to be necessarily a game-based project that you're doing with students. It could be something like biology or something like social studies or language arts. But what it does, it allows you to um, organize and manage uh, the class as though it were a game. And so instead of uh, taking students and, and giving them assignments, we give them learning quests, which are st- they still really are assignments. We know that. Um, but they're small, compartmentalized, um, and instead of giving grades for those, we give experience points, just like you would earn in, in many popular games today. So as a student goes through and they complete a uh, quest and they submit it for approval, we'll go through and give them feedback and things like that. And then once they've successfully completed that quest, um, they earn experience points. And then these experience points build up and they earn different uh, levels. So they progress through the class just like it were a game. And they're progressing toward a win condition in that. So what we set our win condition for the class um, was 90% of the content uh, successfully completed, which we feel that's a pretty good benchmark. So um, all of our students are progressing towards that. Um, they have a little experience bar that shows how they're progressing, and um, they get achievements and badges and things like that for completing different things, like kind of think like Xbox Live and um, your different games and things there. So um, that's kind of it in a quick uh, elevator speech, at least to the 20th or 30th yeah. floor. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so if it, I put together, yeah. let's say, because I'm starting – um, next week, I'm doing a couple games uh, concerning mummies and then pyramids. So once they've completed that game, then they would jump onto. They actually they would accept the quest on the 3D Game Lab. Mm-hmm. Go to this website. You need to complete uh, this game. Uh, give me some information pertaining to the uh, of what you did, and then turn that in once you've completed it. And then once they've done that, then they would receive a experience points. I would need to check it. They would ex- receive experience points, and um, and then move on to the next quest. Right. And and what's really neat, um, and, and it's been a real challenge for me as a as an educator, is moving from a very linear approach to instruction which as a biology teacher was just, that's the way I did things. You know, right. start with one concept and progress for 90 days or 180 days, however long your, your courses are, um, to the end. And in this situation, it's very different because the, the learning really branches out. And so I've actually put a link in um, the notes here um, to our, our student guild website. So this is where the students go and actually submit all of their work in, in threaded forum discussions, and they post images and things like that. But there's a link off of there to the um, quest tree or the quest chain. I can't remember how I labeled it exactly. Um, so 
uh, yeah, quest chains. So basically, a student goes and does one or two quests, and then maybe after completing, like, say, quest number three, suddenly three or four quests open up to them or, or different areas. So maybe they do a couple introductory things, and then it opens up the option for them to do multiple different kinds of um, things. So right now, we have some students who are working on poetry related quests. We have mm-hmm. some students who are working on quests uh, about propaganda and ads. We have some mm-hmm. students who are working on quests that um, deal with um, like research writing and, and how to do proper citations. And so the students in the class are all in all different places in the curriculum. Um, and for me as a teacher, and, and I think the education field maybe maybe kind of disproportionately attracts control freaks, it's been a real challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but I, I suspect that it might be. Um, there, yeah, that's a possibility. Yeah, and um, it, it's been a real challenge for me, but it's been amazing to watch um, and to be a part of because – you know what? Those kids are coming in and and they're getting their material out and and they're getting to work and they're doing their stuff and they're just different people at different kids at different places in the curriculum and um and all working toward a common end goal. So you know, a kid goes through and they complete say all of the poetry questions. Well, then they'll go back and pick something, pick up something else that they haven't worked on yet. So they may start working on the research and citation um, quest series or or whatever. So now you said there's a quest tree on the on that website. Mm-hmm. It's under um, the 3D Game Lab link and it says Quest Chains and it's going to launch um, a web-based tool called Poplet, which is free. Nice little graphic organizing tool. That's how I had to to actually sit down and map out the quest that we had written um, to think about how they logically fit together and how we would put them in this system. So that was a that was a brain exercise for me um, as it is. And, no, very cool. Yeah. Now, now this year, as we were talking before uh, the podcast, mm-hmm. I have used I've been using Civilization more than I ever have before. And it's nice that I've had other people that have come into the classroom, including my principal and other uh, – I've had some teacher assistants. I have my resource teacher that's in there, and we've had some interns. And they notice that when there's a goal of some sort, especially within the game that they're playing, that you know there's a lot of things that are happening, but there's a lot of positives that are going on, whether it's – you know I have uh, – you know every teacher has certain students that – they need to be. Um, uh, they need to enjoy themselves in some way, shape, or form, so they're not. They're not disrupting class. You know, they're. Yeah. I have some. I have some kids that are a little bit more difficult to teach than others, as you know, as we all know. And the game allows them to be focused. They want to do the game, and discipline-wise, it is. It is wonderful. But it's also what I get a kick out of is that they're learning, and they don't even know it. Yeah. They yeah. don't even know it. It's it's like this trick. <laughs> I call it I call it ninja teaching. <laughs> See, that's the term. I'm writing that down. Yeah, too. you call it ninja. Yeah, you feel free to use that. That, that one's free. I, I like that. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's it's like it's like Chuck Norris uh, as an educator. I mean, you know, he's right there behind you. You just but if you turn around and look, you'll never see him. But oh yeah, it's effective. <laughs> um, and he's going to get you. Um, he's gonna and get it's, you. Yeah, it, that's how that's how it works because the kid and. I think it's because, and I've had this discussion a couple times this week with um, some of the educators in my district. So I think that um, I think that kids even um, have 
have built such a wall of separation between the idea of what happens at school and what happens at home and during entertainment and when I'm having fun that they have a hard time understanding that those two things can happen simultaneously, that I can have fun and be engaged while I'm learning. They think right. learning and work are, is one world and play and games are another world. And the problem right. is that those aren't two different things. That those, those can mesh really nicely. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and it's not. And here's so yeah. the thing: I, I don't think you want to have a whole school day, you know, in 3D game lab. I, I don't think. I yeah. think some kids would really like that, but they need to see different styles, and we can reach them in different ways. That's one thing that I love about the team that I teach on is that we, the three main teachers, and including our resource teacher, who is a phenomenal teacher, and you know herself. Some people, you know, say helper teacher, you know, for resource teacher. No, right. we, you know, our resource teacher is a jack of all trades. And uh, can teach just about anything, but all of us have different learning styles and I, or different ways that we teach, and the kids react to that differently. And we can reach kids that uh, we reach all our kids. And now I might have an easier time with somebody else, uh, with some of the other students, and they might have an easier time with me, vice versa. And with all the, we are able to reach all our students because of the way we teach. Now, this is one aspect. You know, the 3D Game Lab is just a, another tool that could sure. be used for the students. And with some students, it is quite effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, most of our kids, it's been pretty, we've seen some pretty effective um, uh, aspects of it. And, and the thing that that's our challenge now is is the whole issue of time management and, and having students that have typically been very spoon-fed and very everything has uh. been laid out for them, <laughs> it, how they react to a system where um, they kind of not only, like you would in an online course, have to be a little more um, responsible for your own learning, but also responsible for your time management in the sense that um, I get to choose what I'm learning and, and how I'm progressing through this course and, and the balancing of that with their time in the world versus their time doing quests related to right. their, their experiences in World of Warcraft. So, How's that going? Um, pretty good. We, we're having to look at um, wait, I, the one thing I never want to do is I never want to incentivize the gameplay. Um, because that that set, that creates that wall that I was just talking about. It right. says that there's a there's a different world there, and so it's very challenging um, to to talk to kids and, and say, okay, you've spent a lot of time in the game exploring things. Um, now I want you to be in 3D Game Lab and make sure you're progressing there as well. And so the tr the trick here is how to do that without making it so that they have a mindset that says. Oh, I do my work, then I get to play, um, and that's mm -hmm. really we. You know, we need to go back and, and continually revisit and, and revise our quest to 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 make it so that every quest that they're doing, everything that they do in the game ties directly into a quest. That there's some sort of of a purposeful. Uh, thing. And, and most of it is anyway, but there's still times where that, that line becomes kind of blurred. So yeah. that, that's something that we're working on right mm. now. Um, we also set kind of a uh, – I started writing a strategy guide. You know, just like you would write a strategy guide for um, you know, any game that you would buy. Right. You know? I thought, and you well, read it after you play. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> so so I, I thought, well, you know, maybe we should start thinking about creating a strategy guide for the kids and better yet, let them – um, write this strategy guide as they go along to share it with you know subsequent uh, classes of kids who might go through the program. Yeah. And one of the things that I put in there was sort of an ideal pacing 
uh, for them. So saying that by this particular date, you should be looking to be about this rank in the course and have this much experience points. And by this, you know, to kind of help them gauge like, oh, you know, I'm kind of behind. I need to maybe work on um, my my quest a little more and make sure I revisit that and revise and that sort of thing. So, yeah. So what's the time frame? Because you guys are still in beta, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming. What's what are they looking at time frame to start opening this up? So what I'm hearing is, um, I, and I'm hoping it's it's going to be first quarter 2012 um, mm-hmm. is, is what I'm hoping that we're going to see. Um, and, and I haven't heard um, any more recent updates from them about that. But I'm hoping first quarter 2012 that 3D game levels is going to start becoming available uh, widely and, and or at least move into the next phase of beta where. Um, they're they're going to be bringing more people in. Yeah, because um, that's that's you know, and it, 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 I was going to you know try to be a part of this, but it was just it just didn't work out. It was crazy trying to get funding, and then uh, the, the people at Boise State, Lisa and uh, Chris, um, they were very generous in trying to you know help me you know try to mm-hmm. be a part of it, and it just didn't work out. There's just you know we're all te- you know. For teachers, oh, yeah. it's, just, it's just it's crazy and trying to rebuild something. But you know, as I hear this again, it's just like you know, I could slowly implement some of this, some of these things in because right now I'm using Edmodo, mm-hmm. and because I did want to have something, I was using Moodle, which we call it CMS, you know, classroom yeah. management system, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it, I'm sorry, it's cumbersome. It's very, it's. It's not easy for me to use, and I'm pretty tech savvy. Yeah. And for a, a average person to come in and to use it, uh, it reminds me of. I, I look at Edmodo almost as like WordPress, as mm-hmm. comparing it to using Netscape Navigator or, <laughs> you know, to build websites. I remember. Uh, you know, and, and going to yeah. Do you remember doing that? Oh yeah. And writing basic HTML. So that's where I look at CMS Moodle as that beginning of creating websites mm-hmm. and using HTML, and I, I look at Edmodo and hopefully 3D Game Lab as like WordPress, because anytime I build a website now, guess what I'm using? WordPress. Oh, yeah. Me or anything too. like it. It's it, There's no reason for me to learn. Oh, one little side note here, and this I think I think this is kind of interesting. You know, we have, uh, where I live, Normal, Illinois, uh, is the, the home of Illinois State University, mm-hmm. and it's considered the top, or one of the top teaching schools in the state. And some of their teachers are telling them, and I've, I've, I've talked to a few of them, they're having them learn, like, uh, expressions or um, what's the uh, Adobe? Uh, uh, because it's Microsoft Expressions and then Adobe. Uh, uh, Dreamweaver? Dreamweaver. So they're having them learn how to use some of those programs. <laughs> basic. And I'm like, why would you do that? Uh, why would you do that? I, I don't even want to do that. Our, our higher ed. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, if, if you're out there in higher ed and you're listening to this podcast, uh, first off, you're probably not part of the problem because you're listening <laughs> to this podcast. Yeah. But please, please, please step up and, and get relevant and, and get new yeah. and don't don't push stuff like that down teachers' throats. They need stuff that's easy that they can easy. do. Click, 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 and everything's done. Yep, it's easy. And, you know uh, – it's and at least they were try, they were trying and I think they're they were trying. one step yeah. behind. At least they understood that they would need to know how to, to create some web content and that's that's fine. But you know why have them learn that? I oh my know. goodness! Yeah, it's it took me. Yeah, I'm not even going there. So I think everybody out, out there understands. So it, it so we're looking at uh, first quarter possibly for. Yeah, now talk to Chris and Lisa about that because I you know I'm not yeah. part of that process. But oh, I'm but quoting you. Yeah. <laughs> 
but but I think I think that's kind of what they're shooting for. First or second quarter, twenty twelve, um, I, I believe is what we're shooting for. And, and I I can't wait to see how this thing evolves. Um, yeah. Because I think the potential's there, and and I really 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 love the the design element that that they've put in where where people add quests and they become part. If you know if you want it to become part of a of an armory or a big repository of quests. That that I can go out and find other people's quests, right. and and I don't have yeah. to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Um, oh, so, so, are you seeing other social studies teachers out there? I'm I'm assuming that I, are creating stuff. I, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there there's some out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's that's on my radar. Uh, I'm hoping to be part of that somewhere down the road. I think it could be very interesting. Maybe even to start it small. Whether it's in just one class or maybe after school, and that kind of you know, I'm I'm going to start as I mentioned before. I'm using Civilization four, not five, because that's a beast on any computer, um, especially those in the school. So I'm using Civilization four, and I'm going to start an after school club because, of course, my students in the past that have played this a little bit within my classroom are quite jealous and quite upset with me that I hear you're playing Civilization four a lot more than what we played, and so. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna start a little after school club, and I'm probably I, I hate to say it I'm probably gonna have to turn kids away. Um, I, I I think I'm gonna have too many kids that are gonna want to play, so we're gonna have to do a sign up first come first serve. I guess that's a good bad problem. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good problem. problem. To have. <laughs> so uh, the other part of our band, uh, we got Lucas G, and then the BBC uh, is that, and I like I said I wrote this little article on Edreach and just popped it out there. Nothing real fancy, but one of my favorite games that I that I use within a lab classroom is called Death and Saqqara. Now, I have the kids complete. Um, it's called Mummy Maker and Pyramid Builder. I've talked about that before in the past. And so next week the kids are going in to the lab and completing those those games and uh, basically completing some activities that I've created from it. And then after they're done with that, because I'll have some kids that will finish that up uh, before the week's end. Um, completing the game and the activities. The, they need to make a mummy that is um, uh, worthy of, you know, of the gods and is acceptable. <laughs> and nice. then they have to create a pyramid and and build it within a certain time frame. So it's not as easy as it looks. Uh, and the kids struggle with that, and I feel bad sometimes because I I kind of snicker. And it's one of those things I don't want to spoon feed. I don't want to, you know, my one of my things, one of my themes this year is there's no free lunch mm-hmm. in uh, my room. So it's I'm not going to spoon feed or changing diapers. And so they have to struggle through and try to figure these things out. The good thing about these games is that the kids want to. They will ask for help and they will struggle and they will whine. They'll go, oh, Mr. Gilbert. And it's just it gets it gets a little crazy, but they will keep charging in because they want to complete the game and it's and it's because it is fun so they have to make the mummy and then build the pyramid and then when they're done there's another egyptian themed game which was death and saqqara which is basically like a indiana jones theme, you know like 1930s mm-hmm. type of uh it, but it's like a murder mystery and you're solving you're trying to figure out what's going on uh in the story and you're solving puzzles as you're going along now the, the the beautiful part of this is that these puzzles, some of them are very difficult, and there's there's websites of people that have created, um, you know, they try to give helpful hints and things for the game, but they're they're adults, people all over the world that played this game, and they just thoroughly enjoyed it. It's just a fun 
cartoonish Indiana Jones type of game. And I really, the reason why I really enjoyed it was because it was a challenge to my students. And that was the fun part. So I was very sad to see that happen. So the article I wrote was, you know, the BBC, um, what, what's your favorite education game? And uh, the BBC asked one of mine. So oh, that's, that's that was it's kind of sad. And it was because they upgraded their servers or did some technical upgrades and they uh, it just didn't fit for whatever reason within their upgrades. So and it's nowhere else online. So I, ah. I, was, I was very, very sad to hear about that. So I guess the question that I put in the article was, what is your favorite education game? And so I'm going to throw that at you, Lucas. Ah, uh, my favorite education game. Well, uh, yeah, I'm kind of partial to World of Warcraft, um, which is not something that people typically think of as, as an education game. Um, but it certainly is um, educational in now, lots of ways. When you were teaching in the classroom, because mm-hmm. you taught biology, correct? Mm-hmm. What was was there a game that you used in bio when you were teaching biology? Hmm. You know, that's it, the th- just a little flash game like online or something. Yeah, you know that a lot of that stuff. I mean, I, there was some of that out there when I was in the classroom, um, but in you know that really and maybe it's just my awareness, but that really has really ex- it's exploded in the last four or five years. Um, you know, the the availability of games that that are good education games. So. Um, I'm trying to think. There were a couple games out there that, that dealt with like epidemics and the spread of epidemics mm-hmm. and things like that that were pretty cool, but I don't remember what they were, and I didn't really use them with my classes yeah. at the time. But World of Warcraft would probably be oh. your well, yeah, that part. and um, you know, like I'm partial to Minecraft as far as um, yes, games go. you know, and it gets back to that thing, um, and and it's good. I'm I'm excited that you have found a a good. And I quote unquote educational game, but right, right, yeah, yeah. games and learning, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Sorry, uh, uh, Doctor G. <laughs> well, no, but I, you know, it's, it's true, and it's, I, I say the same thing. It's, um, I just, I beg people, just please don't put educational in front of it, um, yeah. because it's like a, because typically, I don't know. I, I'm hoping to come. Up, I know there's some game developers out there that 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 can make awesome games and, and we can put education in front of them and, and it'll be okay. But uh, right yeah. now it's kind of tough. <laughs> it's kind of tough. So I'm going, I'm going to the commercial games for, for, for my learning. There you go. Yeah. And that's it. Hey, that's what uh, civilization. Hey, uh, that's, and, and that one really would qualify. Except I just didn't, I didn't teach world history, but if I had taught world history, I would be pushing that game. Oh, big it's time. just, it's, I'm like, you know, and I mentioned, I think it was uh, a couple of weeks ago, you know, the kids were, I had I had girls kind of jumping or cheering or you know that they did something successful in the game and mm-hmm. the other day I had kids going uh, I can't believe Julius Caesar attacked us I, he, we didn't do anything to him and it's just, <laughs> it's yes. just like you know I was like I like well there's a reason why he attacked you you know there was something that he believed that he wanted to dominate the world it's, I don't know but you know something to that effect yeah. so uh, it was just it was very interesting it was I very just we, the conversations were very think- cool. I think one of the things that we found that was very interesting, even from using, um, again, like um, Civilization Revolution, which, by the way, is um, until oh, Halloween, is yeah. available um, for the iPad for buck ninety nine. That's a huge sale right now. Huge sale. Um, but yeah, using that with students um, gave us some really interesting opportunity for um, 
discussion about what we think we know about these world leaders um, and then whether or not the game is an accurate or not accurate representation mm-hmm. of that particular person yeah. would they have done that so you know Gandhi um, was you know nuking some of our kids you know <laughs> like what does this mean you know <laughs> Gandhi has just launched a nuke against me yeah or hmm. um, you know Abraham Lincoln breaking a treaty and they said well I thought Abraham Lincoln was honest Abe and he's not honest he just broke his treaty with me you know <laughs> it's, it's it's really interesting because that's that's a that betrays a, a a much deeper understanding that that they under they have this idea about what they think is going on, and then yeah. they can look at this game and say maybe this is or is not um, an accurate representation of that person. Yeah, that's and that's, good. That's great. That's great. That's great discussion. Great discussion. Well, thanks, Lucas. Oh uh, yeah. For joining me uh, this week, and uh, thank you for listening to this week's Ed Gamer podcast. Please follow us on EdReach.us. And also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Have a great week.